Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is Reese James. Reese James is a stand-up comedian, he's a TV comedian, he's a writer, he's an influencer. We start off with a fairly random chat about advertising. So we've started chatting off mic and then it switches to on mic. So up top we are talking about commercial work, if you're wondering why that is quite a jarring start <laughs> to a chat. Uh, Reese also shares, I, I, I find Reese quite inspirational, Reese shares a couple, he'll tease me for saying that, Reese shares a couple of stories where he, before he'd had his big breaks with Mot the Week and Live at the Apollo, Reese shares a couple of stories about times where he thought he was about to catch that big break, something we can all relate to, doesn't matter what field of work you are in, and then... At the 11th hour, it didn't happen. And what he did just to get over that. It's good advice, but basically it's just, you've, you've just got, you can't let that define you. You've just got to pick yourself up, dust yourself down and uh, do not let that moment define you. Um, I like I like Reese a great deal. If you've not seen him, seen him live, you can catch him on tour. Uh, I've had to cut, <laughs> because Reese is my friend, I've cut a couple of bits out. Just trust me on that. But here he is, the wonderful Reese James. In a parallel universe, or even in this universe, do you sometimes think that you would like to do more commercial work just for the... What, in speak? advert? Be in advert? Not in them, but work on them, like our oh, mutual uh, comedian friend did. Yeah, I want to... Yeah. Really? Yes, I want to do that now. I, I, I used to... I have a different agent now, and I haven't done this yet, but to my old agent, I used to email her once a week, going, I've got a different advert, can you find out who has the account for Absolute Vodka, or something like that. Did that ever happen? No, because she would then be like, just write me up like a pitch document, and I would be like, I can't be asked to do that, get me on the phone, get me in the room! Um, So it never happened, but uh, I would always go... Sounds like you talk to your agent in the way that I talk to my (laughs) agent. The way that you talk to your wife. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, I, uh... <laughs> I am my own agent. It's me with a different voice. I, I don't get James now. You know, but, some uh, comedians do that, don't you? What they they are hand their... the phone to themselves. Well, certainly there's there's a. I need to be. I'm not going to name names here, but there's an email account that is isn't a real person, but is there? Is there? Bleep agent. it. Tell me. I'll tell you after. I won't remember. It's great that though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just check his diary. And if yes, you wanna, yes, he can do it. If you want to um, find out who it is, just go on my Twitter because I'll tweet <laughs> it as soon as James tells me. 
Um, yeah, right. I would. Uh, I, yeah, I would do more than that. I, more of that stuff. The behind the scenes a... stuff. Uh, I've done like branded content, which is a new alcoholic drink. Yeah, it's alcoholic sparkling water. Have you heard of White Claw? In America, it's like the biggest alcoholic drink now. Alcoholic sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's alcohol. It's actually right up your street. Johnny Sparkles over there. Yeah, but I can't, I can't <laughs> drink alcohol. Oh, yeah. It's, of course. It's literally... If you get back on the wagon... It's the opposite of Get my... back on the wagon. This is where you start. All right, fair enough. Okay. And the reason it's so popular is because it's like really low calories and it's really uh, like no sugar kind of vibe. That's so interesting because that... But in America, it's called White Claw and it's huge. And it's like not, yeah. it's like a meme drink because it's like... You'd expect in LA them to be drinking that. But like bros are drinking it. Frats are drinking it and stuff like that. It's the same percentage as beer... Um, no, like he's cracking one open now. I felt more thirsty. Mm, white claw. It's eight in the morning. How long? How long have you been doing comedy for? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> you reacted uh, as if I was. As soon as you said that, as if I was Paxman, I'd hit you with a hammer. Blast Ten years. Ten years. Um, how old are you now? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So have you ever had a proper job? No. Are you serious? I had a job for three days. Go on. Uh, when I was fifteen. I was a uh, poshwat in a golf club uh, restaurant. What's a poshwat? Like a someone who... No, wait. A washpot. <laughs> <laughs> a poshwat. You have to get rid of that. No way. I've had a, I've had a stroke <laughs> live on air. A poshwat. What happened to me there? What's a poshwat? I was looking at you then. Like, I played... I you played... fucking idiot. How do you not know what that is? I played golf. Wait, wait, no. I'm not even thinking of pot wash. Washpot isn't even right. I, I, I don't know where I am. A anymore. pot wash. I, I a mean, pot wash. Did you wash pots? This is how little of a job I've had. I don't even know the word for a job. A pot. A pot. <laughs> I can't. You start again. Hang on. We were glass collector. Um. Good point. <laughs> I was a waiter. Right. No, I just worked in the kitchen washing the pots. You see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Once to tell you a little story. Once my okay. friend came in. It was a very camp. We were fifteen. Did you play golf as well? Uh, when I was younger, I had golf lessons. And like everything I did when I was younger, I did it for about four weeks and then quit. Got all the gear, spent loads of money. Well, my parents spent loads of money, got all the gear and then quit. I did that for everything over and over again. Comedy is the first thing that I did. And then my parents are like, oh, another one of his little schemes. What were the other ones? Oh, I think we, the thing is, I think we can all relate to that, though. Carl. Every sport. Every sport. Um, What's you like? Bloody love fishing. Yeah, like, uh, I think I got really into karate, the idea of doing karate. Have you, know, you know the Simpsons line, don't you? Doesn't Bart Bart takes up something and Homer says, and we'll put it in your cupboard next to all the other hobbies you exactly yeah yeah everyone does that but then I was like also like really into drawing all the time which everyone is but then I was like entering short story competitions on the internet for money um, when I was like (laughs) twelve just like all just endless stuff and then when I started doing stand up I was seventeen and then my parents were just like rolling their eyes here we go again and now years later I just bought them a house not true. <laughs> Can't stress enough, not true. Have you ever said that on stage? I'm a posh what, you see? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Fucking hell, that I was, can't. That was like classic that was a classic Reese James bit. That was great. <laughs> I'm joke. Pause. I'm joking. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, like me saying I can't stress enough I'm joking is pretty much my catchphrase now. That was good. That was great. So hang uh, on, so no, you were earning money from comedy pretty quickly then? Because No, but I was so young that it, I didn't have to, so I was at uni. So like my first gig I was was I uh, seventeen, I was eighteen in a couple of days. I went and did this gig and then I went to uni pretty much immediately. Were you good straight off the bat? No. I it went well. Gig one went well. I've known you seven, eight years? Yeah. I've I'm not just blowing smoke here. I've only ever known you be 
brilliant. Yeah, but ah, uh, but you've got quite a high opinion of a lot of people that <laughs> that I wouldn't say are brilliant. So I, <laughs> I don't really accept that praise with much respect. Well, at least you're honest. <laughs> Uh, please, I think you're a brilliant answer. Yeah, Fuck but off. you think other people are brilliant and they're shit, mate. Um, no, I <laughs> no, I was terrible. I think I'll look back on this and think, fucking rubbish, mate. What are you doing? That's what. But that's the process, isn't it? Sort of. I think it has to be a bit like that, where you go mad. Every now and then, I look back on something from a few years ago and go, God, that was great, and more people should have said that was good. But very rarely, most of the time, you go, Yeah, fair enough. I don't know why you were so worried. Get get all these newspapers in. I was like, thank God they didn't come. So hang on a minute, what do you mean get all these newspapers? When you're like doing in Edinburgh and you're doing like your first or second show and you think you're a genius, you think it's amazing. Because at the time it's the best thing you've ever done. And then you're like, I need the Telegraph to come and review this immediately. And you go, what? Well, special. Yeah, and then you go and have two stars Telegraph next to my name for the rest of my life. No, thank fuck that my PR saw the PR person you hire to get these papers into your show. Thank God they saw it for what it was and was like, no, no, I've, no, I've got no, a confession. No. When I was open mic and I didn't progress to a comp- next round of a competition... The little voice in my head was like, oh, my God, they've, they've you know, they've made such a mistake. Yeah. And then you look back and you watch your stuff and you're like, oh, my God, can I build a time machine just so I can It's weird, punch isn't it? That, you saying face. that, we're saying, oh, God, they've made such a mistake. It's so funny that you do. I told Matt Green this and he looked at me like, because I thought when I was open mic, I thought that I was yeah, of some course. sort of special talent. You sort of have to a bit. They have to, it has, to, it has <sighs> to be 50-50. It has to be half the time you think, well, I'm better than everyone and I'm the best. Yeah. And half the time you think. God, I'm an absolute fraud. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I don't think that ever leaves. Sure. If that leaves, then you've gone fully insane or you have quit. The, the people who are... I mean, to be honest... We know people who are fully insane. We know people who are outwardly fully insane. I think that's a fake it till you make it thing. And people... But it works. It shouldn't. But it, somehow it works. The whole just saying, well, I'm the best all the time. Well, I'm a genius and no one's recognising me. It, it, several, it pays uh, off a lot. A lot of the comedians people... came to mind where I thought that didn't work. Oh, right. There's a lot of people I can think of who are doing it at the moment who are doing very well. Yes. <laughs> I think we're thinking <laughs> yeah. of the same people. <laughs> but it's um, sometimes, it. I guess, yeah, it's a technique, isn't it? I uh, I had a fake it till you make it trick a few years ago. Go on. Um, don't take a bag to a meeting. Fake it till you make it, baby. And the logic was, so just turn up in a meeting and just do a coat. You just wear it, not just what, a coat, not just a coat, of... not seducing them. <laughs> um, just to commission just this. Just in your clothes. You don't have a bag. Like every time you see a comedian, they've got a backpack. Yeah. Right. And that's because they're like. <laughs> me blushing as I look exactly. at my backpack. Well, me too today. But as I, as I say, not an important meeting. Um, but you have to, you have to have all your stuff with you because you're like, presumably, oh, and then I'm going to go write for a bit and then I'm going to go do this. So you have all this stuff. But if I was like, oh, it's much better if you turn up at a meeting, just clothes phone in your hand not in your hand because what that you're saying that i don't give a leonardo dicaprio is not taking a backpack to a meeting that was the logic i love this already do you know what i'm talking about yes or think about any think of anyone because dicaprio is so important and so brilliant think of anyone who's a, that he's who's saying, a star i don't need to have my notepad with me for this exactly i'm not gonna go in a coffee shop and write you that yeah think of anyone who's a big star right they're not taking a backpack. No backpack in a meeting. Jessica I mean, Chastain's not getting a backpack out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it doesn't... Can't wait for my next meeting. <laughs> the problem is, I'm only thinking of actors. And why would an actor need a backpack? So, with comedy, it is different. Because you are creating See, stuff See, J.J. Abrams, who is a creator... Yeah, sure. ...probably would have a backpack. Exactly. 
So I, I've it's dropped, I've dropped the apart, system. Really? I dropped the system right. a couple of years ago. This was years ago. I was just saying that all the time. Like, turn up, you look like an absolute gangster. Turns out people just go, have you lost your bag? Have you been mugged? <laughs> I'm going to ring reception. I'm really concerned <laughs> yeah. about this. Um, well, when did you realise, because a lot, you know, we'll all have met people at dinner parties and, and so forth. How do you get into comedy? There are people that want mm. to get into it. What a lot of people don't realise is that you're doing it for free. For, well, I, I, I certainly was. Do it for free for the first couple of years. When did you realise, oh, hello, I'm actually, there's something in this? Well, speaking to the not really ever having a job, it wasn't ever a realisation. It was just from the day I started, it was like, this is it. I'm doing, this is, this is my job. And I was at university, so it's like, we've got three years to get good enough at this to make money. So by the time you graduated, were you... Uh... Yeah, kind of. So I can believe that. I was getting bits of money at uni. So I would give 50 quid here and there for a gig. I was in Manchester at uni, and then like there's loads of gigs around that sort of area, and just in the north. So I was doing loads of the northern right. gigs. Getting 50 quid here and there to be the middle spot at places. In my third year, I lived in the Hacienda. Are you serious? Yeah, I lived in the flats that are now the Hacienda. Um, <laughs> which is uh, reason it's relevant. We, we, we've been friends for a while. This podcast is minutes old. Have I never I'm, told you I'm that? learning so much about you. That happens to be 100 yards away from the comedy store in Manchester. And so quite often, open spots would bottle it, then wouldn't turn up. And what, and what you, would you just turn up on the store. night then? And I lived down the road, so they'd phone me. The Gareth, the tech man who was in charge of that, would phone me and say, so-and-so's not turned five up. five minutes. Do you want to come and do five or ten minutes? like fill their spot don't worry if you can't make it we'll just get everyone to do a bit longer or whatever and I'd always be like well yeah and then I would go and do that and that was just like really handy for being like here's what it's like an actual weekend comedy club on a professional bill where you have to be this funny sure you have to do less time yeah but you have to try and do that it helped it didn't make me improve I don't think it just helped me see what what you do in the weekends yeah this would be like on a on like a Friday quite often or a Thursday Thursday Friday oh my god so you going down as a, as a I'm going to use the word rookie but I'd done it before, so I'd done open spots there before that I'd earned. Do you know what I mean? From like being on the circuit. Yeah, but that's impressive. I'd like got really a ten, but then quite often they'd be like, "Just come and do that ten again," kind of thing. But they didn't tell me to do that material. I would just go. Do you ever get nervous? Same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. In those days, all the time. Every gig, I was fucking terrified all the time. Yeah, it was especially like a comedy store thing. We just go, "Oh god!" And also the Manchester Comedy Store, like, there's this little bit. There's a little like ravine where you wait before you go in and you're so alone <laughs> and there's all writing on the wall. It's a bit like the stand or writing on the wall, like yeah. don't fuck this up. And like, I smashed it when I was here. It's like typical comedy. People trying to get bollocks. in your head. Yeah. Have um, you ever had that at a gig? Someone trying to get in your head? Once. I've had it. It's weird. What happened to you? Um, it was a jongler's gig. I won't say who it was. I uh, Dare I say it, I did very well. And then they were my best friend afterwards. Right. But they came up to me as I was about to go on and they said something like, it's a load. Of, I don't want to reveal where the place was, but this person said they were from the area and they went, this is a load. Let's say it was Newcastle. It wasn't because then they came up to me and went, this is a load. Like, look, look like dead in the eyes. This is a load of rowdy Geordies like that. Scousers on Ben. And it was like, I was like, I looked at them and I was like, are you, are you 11 years old? Yeah. And then I did well. And then afterwards they came over to me. Hey, you know, you're, you're just like, ba 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 ba, you know, and you're like, oh, right, you're my, be- you're my best mate. Two two times I can think of that this happened to me. One was in York. Yeah. I turned up to do a gig and a comedian who's since gone on to become a film star. <laughs> but not, if you were picturing a film star, this guy's taking a bag to a meeting. Okay. It's not like a film star, film star. He's in their film. Yeah. Um, or she, but it is he. <laughs> Uh, he was like, I walked into the green room and he said, I hadn't even met him before. He said, oh, another fucking haircut comedian. Really? 
And what, what like apropos? This is when I was at uni, yeah, and I was quite oh, new. Oh, I had lo- I, I had relatively long hair, but like you have not seen me do anything. And then I, he said, "Another haircut comedian." Go on. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get that? Bingo. Just wrote, wrote down the initials. Um, yeah, it, that's who it was. <laughs> and then I said, "This man, this gentleman is um a bald man." Mm-hmm. And I had just grown confident in backstages, and I thought I literally had the th- thought process in my head of. Don't let that slide because you've just learned to not be a pussy in green rooms. And so I said, oh, another bit of bitter old bald comedian. And then he sort of looked at me for a bit and then he went, fair play. And then put his hand out for me to shake it. And I was like, no, I'm not earning this. Oh, God. I'm not, uh, you're not the as, king. As if you like, as I mean, if the just had a joust. Yeah, exactly. I was like, no, I'm all right. And oh, then you, later you on... proving he, yourself worthy. And then later on I said to him, um, I remember saying to him... Like, trying to then bond with him, because I was like, I don't want the animosity of this. So I sort of said, oh, I've just, uh, I've got the same agent as you. Just, I was trying to legitimise myself. It's such a childish thing to do, but I was kind of like, oh, we've got the same agent. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't gigged together before, kind of conversation. What did he say to that? And he said, oh, yeah, she's signing a lot of kids at the moment. Oh! And I was like, oh, okay. So I, and I nearly said, well, she has to, doesn't she, when you look at the rest of it. Um, so you double-negged you. Double-negged me, and then another time... So was, revealing, though, of them as a... Oh, this story. Yeah. I must have told you this story. This whole evening is one of the worst... Fuck me. Anyway, right, what happened is, turned up, a gig at the th- a place called the Tabard Theatre, which is in, like, Chiswick kind of area. Uh, Turn and Green. Is, yeah. And... Uh, it's just a gig. All I know is just, like, a gig. And I'm, like, an open spot, so for me to be on this gig... Uh, it must be a shit gig, right? Yeah. And I get there and it's cool. It's at the Tabard. Yeah. Um, now, the Tabard is both a sort of theatre and a pub. I've done a warm-up there as well. Exactly nice. right. So I get to where this thing says the Tabard mm-hmm. from the station. The first thing says the Tabard. And it's this big staircase that goes up to this theatre. And it's got a massive queue out the door. People queuing for ages. I have to... It's a really narrow staircase. I have to push past all these people in the queue to get in because I'm like, well, I'm on the bill. I've got to go in. So I go, sorry, 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 sorry. Do you mind if I just, sorry. Get to the front, knock on the door. Someone just opens it like, yeah. And I just go, sorry, I think I'm on the bill tonight. And he goes, well, you're not because this is a Russell Howard warm-up. And I had to go, okay. I turn around and then go, sorry, sorry, back past everyone who just looks at me like, what the fuck? And loads of people in this queue have just watched that. Yeah. I go downstairs. That was a Russell Howard warm-up. My gig was in the pub next door, right? I then walk into the, <laughs> the pub next door. The audience is made up entirely of people in that queue who didn't get into that warm-up. Um, so they've all seen me <laughs> do that. I'm then there and there was a comedian there who, I don't know if he's still doing it actually, but um, chatting to him, kind of getting on, like in this little... It's not a backstage bit. It's just where they've got all the cutlery in the pub uh, and all the sauces. And then I had a bottle of water yeah. that I was nervously sipping from. I went to the toilet just before I went on. I came back. I went. To, he was literally announcing me. Someone was announcing me. Went to take a sip of my water, and it tasted rank. And then I looked at him, this guy, like, oh. And then he was giggling, and he was ah. And I was like, what? And he's like, I put horseradish in there. I was like, what? What? Why, why have you done that? About? I then go on stage. Right. So I'm now like, what is going on this evening? I go on stage and I was like, not doing amazingly with material. And then I say to someone, oh, what, who are you? What do you do? And so I'm just here reviewing for Chortle. That wasn't true. It was also trying to shit me up. And then I spent weeks searching for this review oh, on Reece. Chortle. Ruth. Going, oh, it's over. It's my oh, first Reece. ever review. My first ever review is going to be terrible. But I, they don't know that I had horseradish sauce in my mouth. And I just embarrassed myself in front of Russell Howard's producer when I'm like, I was like 19, brand new. Oh, God, mate. Awful. I've got heart palpitations thinking about well, it. I mean, this is a gear shift. <laughs> well, you, t- you tell me a couple of stories about yourself that 
So you, to me, are genuine. I said this to you at the time, but I find you genuinely inspiring, and I think our listeners... <laughs> genuinely, but our listeners wouldn't... For the benefit of the listener, I look very ill. I think that's what you're getting at. <laughs> I've overcome a lot of odds to be here. <laughs> so, Reece, I'm not going to say... That, I'm not going to name the show, but this happened twice, where this was, bef- this was before Reese was the Reese James we know and love from Apollo, Mock the Week, various other stuff. So this was before you'd... You know, finger quotes made it if you like. <laughs> when you were when you were younger and you know breaking through ish at the time, you were booked for two panel shows, weren't you? Mm. And then you got, but then you got. So I, we both know comedians who have had lesser bumps than this, and they've never recovered. But the way in which you recovered, I, I with my with my hand to God, it's been such a go to for me. So what happened was you were booked for a couple of shows. On the day you were. You were bumped. I think that's only happened once, yeah. Right. There was one where the car was booked to pick me up. When yes. you do a, when you do a TV show, they they send a car to get you. And it's not like uh, we're treating you so well. It's like, no, we. this is a way of making sure you're here on time. Because <laughs> yes. there, there is a temptation to think, wow, I've made it. No. It's not like it's a lo- town car has arrived for me. <laughs> it's, no, it's just like a normal Addison Lee, but it's just to get you there on time, just so they can guarantee that you're there. Yeah, but there was one where it was the t- I had the time the car was picking me up. Like... In two days' time, though, it wasn't like on the day. De- and then, like, I think the day before I was doing this show, which I kind of, I think there was some prep involved as well. Yeah. It would have been my second ever panel show appearance. So very exciting at the time. Was there a second incident that was similar-ish? Second incident. Oh, there's been, uh, there's just been a lot of times when it's like you essentially get, God, I, I was too early in the morning to use the analogy I was about. To well, look, I, I, I'll say I'll say this. I, I, I really and I'm really really mean this about inspiring. It's your your dad's response was basically something because like, we know comedians that uh, you know it's happened to all of us, not just in comedy, in life in general. You think that this big X thing is going to happen, and then it doesn't. Mm. And your dad just said something like, "Doesn't matter. You'll 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 do it next time." What happened was, yeah. So that's a di- that is a different show. So that was like I was doing these auditions to do stand up on this show. Yes. Um, and it was a that would have been the biggest thing that happened to me by miles. Yeah. And I was doing all these auditions, and then they were kind of just like they basically edged me. Are you familiar with that um, sexual term? No. You basically just like get someone to the point of ejaculation, and then don't. It doesn't happen. It's trendy in LA, I believe. I saw it on Girls. What's they mentioned it, it on it, Girls. What's in it for you, though? I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I think it's about um, coercive control. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> they mentioned it on uh, the TV show Girls. It's definitely not from my back catalogue of uh, Google history. Oh, good. Anyway. They edged you. So they edged me big time. Um, <laughs> and now I'm coming all over their faces. They edged me and they just like... I did this audition and they kept being like, yeah perfect we want you to do this then they would like come and watch me again like write down notes about my set and then like do it again and then like we would tweak this set to the point where that's the set you're going to do on the show and then it was like oh we're not booking you what so it was just like oh right and it was like i really thought i had this and i hadn't i was so young and naive at the time that i hadn't realized that that's what happens all the time so i was just like all the time not quite in the same way but the amount that you get fucking strung along for something and then it's like oh we've gone with this instead you're like but i'm the one who was there all along i'm the reason it's like 
the way they yeah. make panel shows and create panel shows, they do a bunch of run-throughs in offices. So they come up with a format. Then in an office, they'll get a bunch of comedians in to like test out the format by playing the panel show. And then it will develop and you'll come in the next week and do it again. And then they'll do it the next week. And then that time, the last time, they'll like they'll get the commissioners in from the channel to watch you do it in this office. And then like the actual host will be there who's normally famous. And then like you do all this stuff. And then you can be there from day one of the like inception of this show all the way to the end and still not get on it, even though they obviously want you back they use you as so they want to use you as a proof of concept yeah but then when you get to the show see how good the show is look Reese yeah yeah I've I've literally proven how to do the show but I understand that it's part of the business and it's like well no you need we need a bigger name for this this is a bigger budget thing kind of thing and it's like your time will come but what happened is with that stand up show is I was just a bit like I think those two things happened quite close to each other and I was just a bit like ugh and I've had that feeling since loads of times but it was maybe the first time I properly had that feeling and my dad said to me, and my dad, who'd like never really commented on it, he definitely was like on board with me doing stand up and they were like coming to gigs and stuff. But it was just about the point of my life where this was starting to need to be legitimized a bit more. Like I'd finished university now and I was at home trying to move out. And so I was just getting to the point where it's like, I need this to be legit. So I don't, it's not like get a job and then do this in the evening and stuff like that. I can just focus on writing and doing this. And then he just said, no, I think you're fine. I think you got really close to a couple of big things and, uh, you know those things obviously just come don't they so don't worry about it but it was so in passing and it changed it genuinely changed my life yeah a weight of pressure i was feeling on me that didn't exist so it's not that he put this pressure on me or that my parents at all they were so on board and supportive from day one but i just had built this thing on my head like fuck it's like i'm being looked at kind of thing and this sort of like chin strokey frowny "Hmm, what are we going to do about this problem in our one of our bedrooms in our uh, home counties, <laughs> detached home. Really, I've been patted on the back since day one and I have no right to complain about anything. But it, when he said that, it was like, oh, right, OK, I can chill out for a bit. But and then I think pretty soon, that the good, that, what, that's what happens pretty soon after that, when you chill out, is when things start to emerge. When I got on Mock the Week, I couldn't fucking believe it. They came to see me... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P do a show the um like bookers and producers came to watch me do a show and then they sent some feedback which saying, show did they go see uh my second show 
remains. They, they saw you called. in Edinburgh. No, it was in it was at, in London when I did the Edinburgh show. It was an Edinburgh show, yeah. When they yeah. they came and saw it in London, and it even sent an email of feedback that was just kind of like, yeah, showed some potential. And I was I genuinely remember thinking, cool, wash my hands of that. Showed some potential. The fob offline. I was like, cool, maybe revisit it in a couple of years. Yeah. I did my job. Uh, my agent did her job by getting them in. We've all done our jobs here. Can't complain. And then about a week later, they're like, which date do you want to do? What? And I was like, oh. But even then, I was like, not getting excited till I'm in the room. Even when the car's booked, I was like, no, I'm not getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> I'm waiting till I'm in the room. And even then, it's like, they might find a way to cut around me. You never know. I only believe anything has happened. Life has taught me this when I'm actually watching it with my own yeah. eyes. It's not even on the way home anymore, is it? It's about... No. You've got to be watching it. There's a, there's a story of uh, someone who did comedy, I was who, but they recorded a full show for a... They did a full series for network television. It never it was never even aired. Yeah. This thing exists in a... And it's show. like that... The People don't realise, I don't think, the amount of work that that is for, like, not even just... To not... The physical work, the time, and the fucking mental work. Can you imagine? That person would have been going home every night after a record thinking, God, this, everyone's working so hard on this show. Fantastic. I can't wait to watch the film. The writing product. process is six months. And then, and then yeah, we're not, we're not, it's not going on. And so stressful. The writing process is that. It's the most stressful thing. It, not the most stressful thing, but it, in this industry, it's the most stressful thing. It takes six months. You're doing... 12 hour days trying to write that you're not sleeping then you get to film it you're like okay finally then you start trying to f- film it and that's equally as stressful and then you get home and then you're in the edit for ages and then it's just <laughs> just gone Man, that's a year it? and a bit of your life that's just gone for no reason but some people would say there is a good reason i don't know if something goes not the way you expect it instead of thinking this is a lot of us perhaps the way we were raised might think this is the end of the world i can't believe it why me you know oh yet more bad luck the right way to go about it is actually um brush it off no biggie yeah but it doesn't i I think it's a bit insane to do that as well i think you have to have both but you just can't neither of those can last for too long go on i don't it's not that i brush it off immediately i don't when you tell me those stories i i i thought you and your dad i i I thought you both almost like Zen masters. No, that that is a no, well. The thing, the one with my dad is, my dad saw that he needed to say that because I was doing the whole "this is the end of the world" thing, not out loud, but he could see that you could I tell was that inwardly. You were exactly. Whereas the other one, the virtually famous one, you hear that story after it having been processed. So if you'd spoken to me on the day, I'd have been punching a wall. I I, I think rage isn't how I react. I think it's more just, it's just like, oh, this again. It's like, what am I trying for? Why do I keep trying if this is just going to keep happening? But then you realise it's when you look outside of comedy that you go, hang on a second. So my biggest problem is that I don't get to do a panel show about viral videos (laughs) that I thought I was going to do. Yeah, it's fucking fine, isn't it? I'm still going to just go and do a gig and get up at 11am. It's very important. So it doesn't matter. It's very important to... Smell the roses, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. I'm sort of, yeah. I'm 50-50 about those things as well, because you do have to look at everything in the context it's in. When but... I say smell the roses, not for very long. I yeah, mean, yeah, like, yeah. Just... I mean, literally 30 seconds. Just go, right, where this am I? Right, Reset, yeah, right. yeah it's and all then, fine. Because I think if you smell them too long, you disappear up your Exactly. Own. I mean, that if that happened now, if that panel show thing happened now, yeah. I wouldn't care. I absolutely wouldn't care. Sure. But, but because it was like the first thing, and it's like, oh, but I've been working really hard and I haven't done anything like this before. I really want to do this. It was like, oh... Maybe that's the whole chance gone forever. 
now I've had the experience, I know these things just sort of happen sometimes. So it's fine. But you found, but you found the moment you uh, the shoulders dropped, you relaxed, you weren't chasing it as hard. Was the moment that, that like the mock the week story? A little bit, yeah. Thing is, I I just worked hard. Yeah, when it's just just like working hard on the show instead of not that I felt I was doing this before, but instead of working hard chasing the for someone to see it and go like yeah. this, just going working hard so it's brilliant. But I don't think That's I was great. doing the other thing before. It's just like when you just go, oh, I just won't even worry about that stuff. But that's also a bit of a lie as well, isn't it? Because obviously you are worried and you're still getting on to your people who get people in going, oh, if they come, if they come, I'd love it if they saw it. But only once it's going well. There's definitely been times where I'm like, this show is a bit shit. So like, my, I did a show, I think my fourth show, I was just like, ah, oh, this isn't even that. Like I was, I took a year, my first year off Edinburgh was after that show. Because I was like, I'm just repeating things I've already said. This show is not finished, not long enough. And it's just not that good. Um, that was when it was in Edinburgh. By the time I got it to London, it was good. But in Edinburgh, I was just like, ah. And that one, I was n- at no point was I ever speaking to anyone like agent or like PR person saying, get get reviewers in, get um, producers in. I was just silent that whole month. Just like, uh, if they come, they come. But I, you know, because I can't fucking stand on my own two feet about this show. If someone comes in with a criticism, I most likely agree with it. You go, yep, fair point. Um, and I was trying to change it every day in Edinburgh. Yeah. But there's something about Edinburgh that just like fucking murders creativity while you're there. It's really hard. Have you, have you always been... You're, you're one of the most honest, straight-talking people. You know, so when I say... If, I, if I'm over with you and I'll say how things are going and you'll give me an answer, I'll know that you're not hiding anything. That is That answer is the absolute truth. Is that, have you always been that way? I would say that I'm probably... Um, in the way that a lot of people, if you said that to them, they would go, fucking brilliant, I'm doing this, this and this, I'm smashing it. Yeah. I would say I'm almost that, but on the other side. <laughs> yeah. So I'm basically going... Yeah. I, I just I get so wound up by people speaking like that. And just a lack of self-awareness and humility about stuff that I go so far the other way, also, which is also still a lack of self-awareness and humility where I'm still going, <laughs> oh, no, it's fucking shit. I'm terrible. I'm the worst dickhead in the world. I hate everything. Um, I'm I'm a prick. But I'd say it's interesting that you interpret that as honesty, uh, whereas I interpret that as just being overly self-facing. You're a lot younger than, you know, you're 13 years younger than I am, but I I, I look up to you so much. I I really really mean that. uh, So when I said that about the honesty thing, I meant that as a huge... Yeah, yeah, no, I know, yeah, yeah. I I don't know, I guess... I probably haven't always been like that, but I just... It's almost an answer to hearing other other people be like this. And you know what, but... at the same time, whatever works for you. It's a fuck. It's like it is an easy job, this, but mentally it's not. So, if that's what you've got to do to help you get through it through and it. get through the harder bits where you just feel dejected all the time, then fine, do it. But just don't do it to me. <laughs> just do it over there. But I will mute. Do your it to Instagram. James. He'll I'm going to mute your Instagram stories if you keep doing it. Okay, I will be muting you on Twitter. I can't. I'm turning off retweets minimum. Fucking hell. Every tweet that says your fucking shitty little pilot's good. Fuck off. Just read them. Get, don't show them to me. I reckon if I made a if I made a pilot that was televised, I think I would... Retweet every one that says it's good. I think I'd have to. Yeah. Because I, be, I would say to myself, is this, this is going to enhance its chances of getting a commission. Right, I see. I think the people because I'm not I'm not I'm not well known. I, mean, I think not, the people I'm, in charge are reading those tweets anyway without you retweeting them. But I was, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right, but I'm not. I'm not. I I re, I would I am at a level where I'm quite comfortable re, retweeting praise. Mm. Whereas if I was there's someone I follow who's a well known 
person in film, let's just say that. They're American, huge name. But they retweet praise. And I think, you don't have, dude, you don't have to do that. You're, right, I see. You're this person. So you think it's, it's, it's a necessity up to a point at a certain level. And then beyond but, that, you go, whoa, whoa. But if you, but if you were to, t- I mean, I'm the sort of, per- I mean, you know, we have to know that if someone makes a, a good point, I, I, I'm a bit like the Paul Whitehouse character in the Fast Show. Like, I will immediately change your mind. Yeah, I'll go, yeah, sure. Oh God, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, sh- I must stop doing that right, immediately. Right, right. You know, if someone was to say <laughs> the reason why you shouldn't retweet praise is X, I don't have a reason. It just, um, I just find it annoying. I mean, it's as simple as that. And yeah. and in a similar way to how um, self-absorbed I find retweeting praise, um, it's very self-absorbed to go, well, I'm annoyed by it, so stop. It's just the same. Everything I've criticised on this, I do, but in a, in the opposite way. Like, the, the core of what the problem is, is something I do. This is why these things annoy me. Sure. Because the, the truest enemy is myself, you see? Oh, I mean, that's... Yeah. Look, James, if I'm honest... I was meant to have a therapy session this morning and I had to cancel it to come here. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Are you serious? Uh, no, 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 I'm joking. My therapist is ghosting me at the moment. How often do you see your therapist? I haven't got a therapist. I'm trying to get one. And I was chatting to this... Do you want mine? I was chatting to this person... No, mate, I'm all right. I was chatting to this person who... Son of a... <laughs> no, well, what's yours? Who's she's yours? fantastic. My one, I was chatting to her and we were trying to organise a day and now I'm trying to do it and she's not replying. She's into comedy? Ah, uh, She's that... American? Knows too much. No, she's... Fan- she's. I mean. She's wonderful. I need a fucking. I need a therapist because I've got. I keep going on podcasts. I keep going on podcasts Mate, and saying this sort of stuff. She's based. Oh, I can't say where she's based. I'll tell you where she's based. I think she's fantastic. Great. Tell me where she's based and cut it out. It's One of the most embarrassing things I ever did. I thought about this the other day, and I sort of, you know, you know, and you cringe. Mm. I once tried to do the, the silent thing, like you see in the movies. What just brooding? I'm sit down. I'm just not going to say anything. Oh, in therapy. Yeah. What well, waste of money. Wank. Oh, mate. I mean, <laughs> 70 I'm quid to, to sit inside. I'm happy to keep this and the bit rest. In. Yeah. It is 70. She's is it 70? On 70 is what I hear. The one, I've, the one near me where I live. I mean, I broke within like three minutes because she just looked at me like was, she like raised her eyebrows as if to say. Oh, she didn't even say anything. No, she no, no. silenced you. She, she, raised, she looked at me as if to say, do you, do you really want to do this? I don't do even think. to do this? I don't even think she was looking at you saying, do you really want to do this? She was looking at you going. You know, I've met you. <laughs> There's no way you last more than 60 seconds doing this. Oh, boy. Uh, How many dates of the tour are left? 20-something, I think. Are they all sold out? No, uh, I think there's about five or six that aren't. I think we're going to add some in the autumn as well. That's a long time, That's isn't it? my boy. It's a long old time. Good I've been lad. doing it since last autumn. Are you Ugh. changing it up much? Yeah, well, there's a... F- second section is the show, really, and then the first section is me messing about and then doing bits of stand-up. Have you ever pitched? Have you? Do you have any? Is there a potential Reese James TV show in the offing? Um, I don't know if "in the offing" is the phrase, but there's been a number of in development projects floating around for years and years. Does the what's the podcast called? Oh, it's called Early Work. It's uh, I've only done one. Uh, well, I don't know when this is going out. Actually, I've probably done six. <laughs> when is this going? How soon is this going out? I mean, you know, whenever really. But yeah, so basically, the first time of recording, Merry Christmas. At time of recording, God, Brexit went well, didn't it? <laughs> At time of recording, um, <laughs> the pound shot through the roof, and we're all. <laughs> We've solved the homeless crisis. <laughs> and God save the king. <laughs> uh, 
Will we... Prince Edward get away? Wait, sorry, Prince Edward. Sorry, sorry, Your Highness. Will Prince Andrew, will he get away with all this? It does feel like, I mean, again, this is in the future. So um, the all this you're referring to could be something completely different. But uh, I did a gig the other It does night. seem like it. I cause... said to the crowd, very, which is typically my emceeing style, just, gosh, that's a good question. Um, and the consensus in the room was that it'll. Grudge, they, like, they were, gr- you know, grudgingly all said that, yeah, you'll get away. Well, that's because that's what this Harry and Meghan thing's all about, isn't it? The royal distraction. Now we're all talking about that, and we're talking about it... Talking about it a lot. More than we were talking about the last thing. Talking right? about it way too much. It is historic, right? It yeah. is historic to do this. But I couldn't give less of a... But it's just, a... we're now we don't... We're, we're, now when you think of the royals, I care this about. Crisis. I care about the... I don't know about you, I care about the Andrew thing. The Emily Maitlist interviews, one of the... I mean, that was probably my TV highlight of that 2019. Best, TV, best movie. She best was, movie I've ever seen. If I ever, if I ever met Emily Maitlis, I would just shake her hand and carry on walking. Yeah. Um, so I, I care about that. The, the, the Harry stuff, I, I don't... I really don't care about it very much. Nah, I'm, I just... I'm more on their side, but that's that's it, though. I think everyone in our industry is on their side. Yeah. But uh, I don't think the public necessarily agree <laughs> with how comedians feel. And it, it's the it's the left-wing bubble, isn't it? It's the whole liberal... Uh... It's the left-wing bubble. I don't really care Although about I defended the royal the, family too much. I defended the Vince Vaughan-Donald Trump meeting on Twitter the other day. Well, of course you did, because it's it's an absolutely insane thing to be outraged by. Two men having a private conversation. You can't hear what they're saying. I mean, it's insane. He could be... <laughs> that, that was trending on Twitter. People, he could be saying anything. saying shame on Vince. I mean, what are you He wondering? could have gone up to him and said, look, you're having a bit of a shocker. Yeah. Here's what you've got to do. Yeah. Now shake my hand. Yeah. It could have been as simple as that. Totally. You don't know anything people that's going on. People calling Vince Vaughan every name under the sun. Donald Trump may have gone... Vince Vaughan... Can I just say that I thought... Uh, what was it? Uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 was an underrated masterpiece. Thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've not seen that movie, it, it is it is. He might have been incredible. going up saying, um, I thought you were great in Home Alone. You know, it's anything yeah. could have said. Yeah, absolutely. Would you... Thanks. Question for you. Yeah. If Donald Trump said to me, you're set on Harry Hill's club night... Would you shake Donald Trump's hand on changed, camera? Changed my life. Um... On ca- if I, oh Jesus! Whack. If you knew that there was like you were at a, a game like he was, and you knew there was a camera there, and you had the opportunity to meet Donald Trump, would you shake his hand? You see, my my head says no way, no way, man. But what if in the moment? Because I mean, we're both polite guys. I think people. But what if you shook it before you'd even realised that you that what you were doing? I think people put too much weight on um, a handshake. I've shaken hands with some of my worst enemies, and I would shake anyone's hand in the world. I don't care. I'm just trying to People think. are like, oh my God, he shook his hand. That must mean they're best friends. Like, yeah. well, no, you just, that's nothing, shaking Mate. hands. He didn't les off with him. Les <laughs> off. 2020, have that. Uh, the I'll podcast, say that about any gender. The tour. Sure you do. The podcast, he does, he does. Please get the podcast. Podcast, the tour. What's the other, what's the other stuff? Oh, I don't know if it'll be available still, but there's a, I did a that's radio show. <laughs> I did a radio show. You know what iPlayers like? Gets rid of it after two minutes, isn't it? But I did this radio show. It's two-parter where I'm speaking of this conversation. Left-wing in one episode, right-wing in the other. Same topics. And the that's idea right, is, yeah. don't have any opinions. I'll try some on and then I'll do this. It's stand-up. Right idea. And there's a couple of like, interviews. Right you know, interview of environmentalist, expert, um, scientist guy. And then like from two different angles. And of it was going, what are the viewpoints on this? What do people actually think? Like, yeah. how can I turn this into... I don't know what people think. So, like, there's... The topics we cover are, like, fucking... Pretty, there's some pretty, pretty, like, scary things to deal with in, like, um, issues of, like, uh, what to do about gender-neutral toilets and stuff and, like, trans 
stuff. Because some things the answers aren't necessarily easy. Yeah, and going like, I need to be left wing on and right wing about this. Like, fucking hell, what do I say and how do I make it funny? Especially as the audience was really left wing. Sure. So it was like, how can I make them get on board with this? But that was what was exciting about it was making a left wing audience laugh about the slightly more right wing jokes because they've got the context of I'm just fucking around here. This isn't real. Let's all just take it in the context it's in. That was pretty fun and exciting to do. But uh, if it's on iPlayer, get it and listen to both. And it'd be interesting to see. The point I was trying to make is you don't have to agree with the comedian to find him funny. I strongly agree with that. Thank you. The, well, I mean, like the day that the, the, the day yeah, you are the Dave Chappelle special. I don't agree with yeah the the, the most recent one. Yeah, I yeah. don't agree with his and I'm quoting him alphabet people bit. Mm. But it's I still think it's a great mm. bit of stand up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think there's loads of stuff. I think um, Phil Wang said it in an article he wrote about Patrice O'Neill. Was that's when I first heard that idea? I think you don't, have to agree like, with you don't necessarily have to agree with and find it funny. I mean, I love Bill Burr. Bill Burr, I don't agree with. I don't agree with a lot of what he says, yeah. but God, he's he, he puts some. In a parallel universe, Bill Burr would be a great lawyer. Yeah, because <laughs> he really puts some case <laughs> yeah. together. Even though I'm sort of thinking, <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with this, but boy, this is yeah, I'm, it's I'm, I'm really a lot convincing. Of fun. It's <laughs> compelling. Yeah, yeah. Right, so Reese James on tour. One of the absolute, uh, one of the greats, one of my absolute favourites. I, lo- I love you very much. much. I love you too. Thanks for being my, thank you for being my friend. <laughs> you got to stop saying that to that's people. Huge <laughs> thanks to all Reese James. ReeseJames.co.uk is his website if you want to find out more. A five-star review and a positive write-up helps us immeasurably as it helps us on iTunes and visibility and all that malarkey. Share, we are at... Balance LDN across socials. Our website is balance.media. Uh, and I am at James Gill Comedy. I'm sure Reese will be playing the night that I run. Always be comedy in the near future. Uh, I hope you have a lovely weekend. We are back. I'm gonna, I'll share this with you now. We're back on Monday with the actor Rufus Sewell. What a guy. Uh, so I'll, I'll see you on uh, I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you as always. I'm very grateful. Take care. Bye, 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 bye. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.